listening to 90% Mental, Conversations with Grant Parr, episode 168. Today, mental performance coach Grant Parr sits down with motivational speaker, business elevation coach, and three-time author Jake Kelfer. They chat about maintaining and replenishing energy, the motivation behind his most recent book, and the importance of focusing on the now. If you are interested in becoming a higher performer and in learning methods to excel in life and business, then this is a must-listen episode. raise your game? 2021 is the year to increase your performance on and off the field. The Athlete's Edge Journal was designed to cultivate self-confidence and mental resilience through the power of sports psychology. Whether you are a professional athlete, a former college athlete, or have aspirations of greatness in the future, this journal is for you. Visit winthementalgame.com and use the promo code GRANTPAR20 to receive a 20% discount at checkout. Act now to take your mental game to the next level. What would more wins, higher productivity, or quicker recovery mean for you? NeuroPeak Pro optimizes human performance by working to promote balance within the autonomic nervous system. Used by the world's elite athletes, this training program is now available to you at home. Cutting-edge neuroscience and technology allows you to strengthen your brain remotely anytime, anywhere. Schedule your evaluation and get started with your brain training today. Visit NeuroPeak Pro and receive a 10% discount by using the promo code GRANTPAR. Hey, Jake, how are you? Dude, Grant, I am. I'm so good, man. I'm pumped to be here. Our conversations are always great. So excited to be on the air for this one. Oh man, well, I've been waiting for this for a while since you. Uh, I think it was a couple of months ago. Uh, you reached out to me because you wanted uh, to kind of promote your new book. We're going to talk about that, which is going to be awesome. But one of the reasons why I want to bring you on is because it's your energy, man. Um, typically, when I talk about or when I start any show, it's about mental toughness. You know that you've been on my show before. Um, so we don't have to go through that, but I, I want to talk about energy because I'm drawn to your energy. I know people that are, that work with you and they listen to you and your motivational speaking, they get, they get drawn into your tractor beam because your energy is, is so powerful and it's yeah. beautiful and it's just, it, it, um, it shines. So before we get into your book, your new book, so you're a three-time, uh, author, so your new book, uh, the elevated entrepreneur, I think it's important for us to talk about energy because that's where that's where everything starts and when you're an entrepreneur a motivational speaker um, a three-time author you've got to have that energy so what do you do to, to cultivate that energy to sustain it and protect it so you can do all these things at a high level yeah well great first of all man i really appreciate you you saying that because i, I put a lot of energy into my energy, right? Like I put a lot of effort into being able to have this energy to perform at the level that I know I'm capable of. And so when I think about it, you know, and I'll give a little example here is like when Kobe and Michael played a game, they would always say in their mind, it doesn't matter how big the crowd is. I'm going to give my best effort every single time because they owe it to the one person who bought a ticket, the hundred people, the 3000, the 30,000, the world who's watching on the Olympic screen. When I have my career, even though I'm not a professional athlete as of now, you know, and I say as of now, like there's some hope, but like, even though I'm not a professional athlete, right. I treat 
work that I do and the life that I live with the same energy, the same mentality is that I'm going to show up and I'm going to deliver the best of my ability to whoever is willing to listen, whoever is willing to give me their time and their attention. Because I know that the work that I do is game changing and I believe in myself and I've seen the results it can do. So therefore, I have to show up with a certain energy because I know what level I can bring. Now, that being said, I'm not always 100% energy 100% of the time. I have to be very intentional with how and when I create energy, use energy, and replenish that energy. And so I spend a lot of time where I'm intentionally focusing on how am I filling up my own cup so that I can give an overflow to other people in the space of speaking, in the space of interviewing, in the space of talking, in the space of writing. And so I think that one of the biggest things that I do for my energy is I know that I have an obligation and a duty to serve the people to the best of my ability. And I know that in order to be able to do that, I must be intentional with how I fill up my cup so that my energy levels are at the peak when they are needed to be used. So when you're, you know, let's just say today, you know, you're getting on a podcast, um, when you're going to go speak in front of, you know, 200, 500 plus people, is there anything that you do from a routine standpoint to ignite that energy? Because, and, I, and not only am I interested in that process, is that we always talk about this because we go back to the flu game, or I guess you call it the food poisoning game with Michael Jordan. You don't have to feel good to perform well. So I can only imagine because you're human, there's going to be times where you're not, you probably don't have a hundred percent, you have 60%. So so what do you do to kind of, is there a, like a process that you do to ignite that energy? And then when your energy is low, how do you, how do you still bring it? Yeah. Yeah. These are wonderful questions. I want to, I want to make a note here on this because um, Grant, this is so, so important is that we aren't as humans always going to be able to feel the same energy. Right. But I think that when you're prepared, you enable yourself to perform at the energy you need to show up with. So, so the more I'm prepared for anything that I do, the more likely my energy is going to be ready because it's, I don't have to worry about, am I going to say the right thing? Do I have my lines memorized? Do I have the skill set that I need? Because I already know it's there. So I'm allowed to focus on the energy and the part that is really in my control on the inside. Okay. So that's one thing. But I think what's also super important here is that when I look at my routines, when I look at, you know, when my energy is down, what do I do? Because it's easy to have high energy when you're feeling good. Like it's easy when you, when I'm excited knowing that I get to talk with you for 45 minutes, you know, I'm like, okay, this is easy. Like energy is guaranteed to be on. You turn that light switch on and it just is like 10 out of 10, right? Like we just have that great vibe and I get excited about that. It's easy to have good energy. It's easy to do things when things are going well. Where it gets challenging though is when things aren't always going well, or when you wake up and you're like, man, this, I'm not, I know I'm not 100%, but I got to bring 100%. And so for me, one of the first things that I do in, in a day like that is I admit and acknowledge that I don't feel 100%. Mm. Because if I try to pretend that I'm at 100%, then I'm going to overcompensate in certain areas. I don't need to overcompensate to be great. Nobody does. But what we do need to do is to get our mind right. So first I acknowledge and admit that, you know what? I ain't feeling it the way that I normally am feeling it. And that's okay. But if you just acknowledge and admit it and you aren't willing to take the next step here, then it doesn't matter. So the next step is once I've acknowledged and admitted it, then I say, well, what can I do today or in the next hour, the next 30 minutes, depending on when that obligation is to fill up my cup? 
And oftentimes for me, that very heavily looks like taking a deep breath, multiple in a row, visualization techniques, and drinking water. Mm. So I am always, so like, for example, I'll, I'll give an example. Yesterday, I woke up, I had just traveled for a while. I was, I was exhausted. I was congested. And I had to show up for like three interviews. And I knew I didn't have my, my, my A stuff right off the bat, but I knew I had to bring my A stuff. And so I was like, okay, I feel this. I recognize this. It's real. And that's okay. I'm human. Then what I did was I went, I got some hot water with honey and lemon. I got some green juice. And, I, and then I sat there and I took three deep breaths. And then as I was taking those deep breaths, I started to visualize me being on the screen, me talking to the host, me having a great time, me inspiring people from all over the globe and seeing that result. And when the time came for me to perform, I was like, let's go. It's game time. And when you commit to that, you can perform at that highest level, even when you're not feeling it 30 minutes, an hour before. So I think that when it comes to uh, us being human and not always having the hundred percent, we can really utilize different techniques to slow ourselves down, be more present, and then be able to see what we're going to be able to deliver through visualization. Dude, that, that's, that fires me up. And the thing about that whole process is that you're committing to all the controllables, everything, you're putting yourself back into power. You're not thinking about the energy you don't have. You're not thinking about if something goes wrong or if it doesn't feel right. You, you got into action. And I think just for anybody that's out there, because this is, this is not just for athletes, this is for performers. So when you're performing anything, when you're performing a keynote or you're, if you're in high school or in college and you need to go do a presentation in front of a, uh, a class, or if you're going to run a workshop, anytime you need to perform, this is a, to me, uh, mine's a little bit different, very similar, but this is a proven process. This actually gets you focused and gets you refocused into the present moment. So I love it. And I, and I wanted to, to start this show with energy because I know you were going to bring it and, and share some goodness there. But I want everyone to understand like anything that you want to do, anything in life has to start with your energy. It's about taking care of that. That's the foundation, the basis. We think about meditation and mindfulness and, and mental skills training and leadership skills and all that. If you don't have the energy to bring all that, you just don't have it. So that's why I wanted to, to start off with energy. And I know that you've spent so much energy into the topic of what we're going to be talking about today is your book, your third book. So let's get into it. So in about a couple of weeks, so mid-October, you're going to be releasing your third book. Uh, it's called The Elevated Entrepreneur, Unlocking the Secrets of the World's Greatest Coaches, Performers, and entrepre Entrepreneurs. So this is your third book. I know you're stoked because I, I felt the energy before we, we recorded today. Um, why this book? Why, why did you, what, what motivated you to write this? Book? Yeah, man, dude, this, this book has been a whirlwind of an adventure to, to get to this point of releasing it. And what's really cool is that when I wanted to write this next book, I thought to what do I love most about the game of life? right? What do I love most about the game of life? And, and the thing that has always caught my attention is how do I be more high-performing? How do I achieve more productivity? And how do I live a life of freedom? And so I said, okay, I want to put all these together and I want to do it in a way where I can learn from the best in the world at their respective fields. Okay, I want to learn from people that are at different stages in their journey, people that had sold companies, people that were doing things as solopreneurs, people that were uh, governors of different states. And I really wanted to figure out, okay, what makes them successful and get to the level that they're at, even though they're just a human being, just like me and you. 
Is there a secret sauce that allows people to perform at a different level? And what is it? And then I was like, okay, well, how do I, how do I put this all together? Right? Like it sounds cool in theory. How do I actually execute on this? And I'm a big believer in repetition and putting in the work and being able to interpret the data based off what I do. So when I'm playing sports, when I'm coaching athletes, when I'm, you know, building businesses, I always look at the data based on, based on the, the input. And I was like, okay, well, what if I asked a series of similar questions to 39 or 50 or hundred people, it ended up being 39 people that we used in this book. And I asked them all a similar set of questions. What would happen? And what I found was that by asking similar questions repeatedly, that repetition factor, I was able to really understand why people are successful, why relationship matters, why defining success on your own terms is so critical to happiness and so many other things. And so as I put it all together, I was like, that's it. We're unlocking the secrets of the world's greatest. And it's done by asking a series of questions and then interpreting the data and creating some analysis in story form and in research form so that people can implement it right away for whatever their dreams are and whatever their definition of success is as they move forward in their life. So this is this is awesome because there's a reason why on, on my podcast, there's certain questions that I ask all the time. And you know, again, I always ask about what does mental toughness mean to you? Right. And when you reflect on your life, you know, what have you learned the most about yourself? So there's like, there's these normal things that I always ask, but here's the deal. When we talk about like asking the same question, or you just ask, what does mental toughness mean? Love, passion, purpose, com- competition. We all know what that, we all know what that means, but it's all different. We all have a different internal representation. So I'm guessing they were all different, but were you, were you just, uh, were you wowed at some of, you know, here you got this consistent set of questions, but were you getting like completely different answers? So some questions you get completely different answers and some questions you got very similar answers. So, so for example, one of the questions that I ask now, I'm a relationships guy. I think relationships are the foundation to long-term success and happiness. And one of the questions I ask is how have relationships both, both personally and professionally contributed to your success and happiness. And I was expecting people to like, give me a variety of different answers. The majority of people within the first sentence, they almost every single person said they are everything. Literally the word, everything came out of almost every person's mouth. And I was like, wow, like this is unbelievable because I always believed it, but now I'm hearing some of the best in the world all say the exact same things. Yet the minute I look at people who are growing businesses, people who are trying to get scholarships, people who are trying to get to the NBA or, or people who are trying to get more speaking engagements, whatever your, your, your dreams are, I realize. We all know that relationships are important, yet very few people put them as the priority to actually achieve the result they want. Mm. And I was like, well, what if instead of just knowing that relationships are critical, we actually put into practice the knowingness that relationships are critical. And so that was a huge like confirmation as well as a huge like realization of everybody needs relationships to succeed. The better your relationships, the more exciting your life is going to be. You're going to have more epic experiences. You're going to have better relationships. You're going to have more love. You're going to have more happiness. And oftentimes you're going to have more success because people help those they care about. Right. On the flip side, I got to ask a question that I'm really passionate about, which is how do you relentlessly pursue your definition of success 
while at the same time enjoy the journey of life. Because I think that high performers oftentimes are very ambitious, very go, 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 and very future-oriented, focus on the next thing, the next thing, the next thing, climbing the ladder of whatever they're going after. But I always like to ask, like, whatever your definition of success is, how do you also enjoy the journey? Because I think it's such a pivotal thing when you can actually embrace the journey rather than just focusing on the achievement. And I found that there were so many different answers to this because everybody defines success a little bit differently. But what was really cool is that there was a very clear balance between the, the science of achievement and the art of fulfillment. Okay. And I think that this dichotomy was, was so powerful because at the end of the day, we need to pursue whatever excellence is for us. We need to give a hundred percent. And as a competitor, you cannot allow things to stop you. You have to continue to show up. You have to put in the work. You have to continue to prove that you belong in the space that you belong. But at the same time, there's always room to smile. There's always room to say hi. There's always room to help somebody out, right? We are human beings, not human doings. And I think that that lesson was just like, wow, this is awesome. So many different answers, yet everybody can find it in their own way. And the people that have mastered the, the, the game have figured out how to enjoy the journey and the pursuit of greatness. Dude, it's... Uh... Man, like, like I think my the frequency is just just a little bit uh, higher than normal. Like hearing these things because anytime that I work with teams, it's I start off my whole program is on success management. So you know, what does it look like? What does it feel like? What does it mean to you? And then also we have to look at the other side of success, right? Failure, and we have to understand what your meaning is and what does it look like? What does it feel like? And it's funny because every time I ask that question about success, everybody has a different answer, but we all know what it is. But then my next question is, so when you are not successful, what do you do? Because they were so, like you said, like high performance, I want it, I want it, I want it. Okay. Well, you're not going to get it all the time. So when you don't get it, what do you do? How do you feel? Because there becomes like, you got success and you got failure. And sometimes it could be a, there's a humongous space between the two, right? So then if you're riding the highs and the lows, then you're on this massive emotional roller coaster ride. So how do we get that roller coaster ride very small or like this? And so you're like Kawhi Leonard. Like you just, you don't know if you're successful or you're like feeling like shit. You're just playing even keel, right? So um, so it 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 fires me up to hear that you're doing this and that you put this in the book and uh and that that it seemed like it moved you too to to do this. Um so when, when you think about this book, did you always know that you're going to do this particular book or through your entrepreneur journey, did it kind of come up? You're like, man, this is something I, I need to do. Or did you already know? I knew that I wanted to do some type of an interview book because I love uh, Tim Ferriss and Tim Ferriss wrote the book Tribe of Mentors and Tools of Titans. And I love learning from people. So I, I loved his books. I love learning from people. And I absolutely love interviewing people. Like I think asking questions it's just one of the coolest things ever. You know, I could, I could just ask people questions about everything and just go down rabbit holes that people just didn't even realize that they knew the answers to, right? Bring up memories that they haven't thought about in forever. And so I was like, this book could be a really great way to interview people, to grow my network as well, and to be able to share with people the knowledge. So I knew that I wanted to write an interview book. I didn't know exactly what it was going to be on or how I was going to deliver it. But the thing about life and the thing about business, the thing about sports and the thing about performance is 
ideas are great, but until you do something, it's just an idea. And for me, I could have predicted what this book would have become if I never started. And I actually talk about the book of what this was supposed to be when I first started. And I talk about how it continued to develop and develop and get more specific and how the people were selected. Because I think that in life, we, we try to have everything figured out in advance. But you talked about controllables earlier. There's so many things in our life that are out of our control. But what's not out of our control is our ability to take a step forward and to try something. And you talk about success and failure and, and where it lies. That's just part of the game. Right. You look at an NBA team, right? What, do, what does it take to make the playoffs? 60 wins? Okay, guess what? You still lost 22 games. That's fine. You're still a winner, right? And so we need to figure out ways to take action and to see that our, our, our learning lessons, our failures are just part of what helps us get to the top of our, our success. You know, when you look at a lot of sports teams and you look at their championship runs, they tend to be very good, if not the best in the league for a majority of the season. But you also often see that there's a lull. They have a down period. Something's off. An injury happens. How do you adjust? What momentum do you change? But if you just say, oh, this person's hurt or, oh, we lost 10 games, we're done. Your season's over. You don't just give up because one thing happened. You keep going. And a lot of times humans, we don't see our life as the championship that we can compete for. We see it as, oh, we got hurt. Oh, we got fired. Oh, we lost. And that's the end of that road. That's not how we got to live. We got to jump back on the horse and say, let's freaking go, baby, because we got a championship to win. And, and that's what gets me going here. So, so I'm a big believer that we can have ideas, but if you only have ideas, you're going to always live in, in dreamland. I often tell people this. I say, I say, you know, would you rather not know? Would you rather know? And most are like, I definitely want to know. You know, I want to know what could happen right. because the worst place you could live is maybe land. You never want to live in maybe land. You want yeses or nos because those allow you to move forward because you can learn. A yes teaches you what worked. A no teaches you what didn't and you can move forward. But if you live in maybe land, you live in a dangerous place. And that's like dreamland, right? It's like, what if? A life of oh wells is, a better, is better than a life of what ifs. And so always say that. And so, so this book had the idea, but I didn't know it would become what it is today. And I, and I couldn't be more proud of it um, and grateful for, for where, where it ended up. When you brought up a little bit about, you know, when we get to a point where we lost 10 games in a row or things. And so, and you're like, you just got to lean in. You got to, you got to do it. You got to keep on showing up. And I just wanted to bring this up just because this is why it's important for energy. If you have the energy and you're failing or you're not hitting your expectation, but you're showing up, that's the, that's the fuel in the tank. That's going to allow you that that's how you, that's why you need to know how to take care of your energy, cultivate it ignite it, sustain it, because guess what? You are going to lose 10 games, 20 games in a row. You are going to have a couple of motivational uh, speaking engagements that don't go so well. So how do you keep going forward? Yeah, there's a lot of things you need to do and you can do, but it starts with your energy. So I loved it that you were talking about just showing up and keep moving through it. Now, I want to talk about the 39 people you talked about and how you vetted those people. But I, I want to push pause there because you talked earlier about the things that were important to you, being a high performer, uh, finding freedom, right, in your life. And so I think that's, to me, maybe it's where I'm at in life. Um, when I'm working with athletes, there's nothing like playing free, free of doubt, worry, stats, numbers, the math of it all, free of contract. You're just 
free, right? So how do we actually live life that way? How do we have that freedom? And I know what, a lot of times when I ask that question, what does freedom mean to you? Like a lot of people talk about it's money. Like money gives me freedom. So I want to talk about that a little bit. Like how do you find freedom in your life? And do you touch on, on achieving that within, in this book? Oh yeah, we talk a lot about that. We talk a lot about that. And look, we'll save the, the listeners the, the money talk for now, right? We know money gives you freedom. It yeah. gives you, it gives you time. It gives you choice. It gives you whatever. And it's great. Let's make a lot of money and let's do a lot of, a lot of good with money. All right. Money's a great thing when you, when you can do great things with it. All right. But let's talk about freedom in this standpoint. When you talk about playing free, when you talk about living free, it's this idea that you stop worrying about what could go wrong and start focusing on living on what could go right. Right. When you, when you're playing and I, and I'll take, take back to my high school basketball days, the worst games I had was the games that I was worried that I would be pulled out. Right. Because if I make a mistake, if I make an error, then I'm going to lose trust. My coach is going to lose trust in me. He's going to pull me out. The games that I played the best was when I just said, I'm going to do me. I'm going to play my game within the system. Right. It's not about being selfish. It's about making sure that you, again, you fill up your cup so that you can provide the best results for the people that count on you. And so when we talk about living a free life now too, I think about it as like choice. What choice am I going to make? Because what happens after that choice is a direct result of what I had the power to control. And so freedom, the best days of my life are the ones where I'm saying, you know what? This is what I chose to do. And when I commit to those activities, I give 100%. If I don't choose to do those activities, then I don't need to expend energy thinking about what could have been. You make decisions, you live with the decisions and you keep improving. And I've been working hard on this process because I continue to learn so much more about me and, and, and becoming more and more and more aware. And I think that it's so, so, so important that when you make decisions, when you have choice and you make these decisions, freedom comes with understanding that those decisions may be right or wrong, but you made the decision and you're going to live with whatever happens because of that decision. And so when I think of freedom, that's like where I go towards choice, decision, supporting yourself and believing that you're going to make the best effort to put yourself on the best path, best path possible, even if things don't work out exactly the way you intend for them to. Man, I love, I love it because I'm so glad you brought that up because it not too long ago, I was listening to Michael Singer, who wrote The Untethered Soul, and he has a podcast now, and he was talking about freedom. And he was like, if you want to be free, so change your language. He says the whole I am, when you say I am anything, uh, besides Grant, I am Grant, I am a champion, I'm a warrior. Typically, that is you're freeing yourself. Like you're, that, That's the freedom of who you are in existence in that moment. And if you were to say I am a champion, and then you move forward with that, then you have champion-like choices. You got freedom-like choices. You're choosing that, that mindset. And then he says, if you don't want to be free, then do the opposite. Change the language of the opposite. I'm not a champion. I am not good, right? So it's funny how language too can play into it, but our language and I think coincides uh, with our with our choices. Oh, I completely agree with that. Like 
to the nth degree. Like, like I do some pretty like wild stuff that some people are, like would think like, Jake, dude, you're, you're kind of crazy for doing that. But like, I got to do what I got to do. Right. And so like, for example, here, I'll be taking my cold shower. At, I'll take a nice warm shower. And at the end, I, I get that freezing cold. Right. And I'm in there and I just start talking about myself in these, this I am language. Right. Mm-hmm. I start focusing on the person I'm becoming, the, the, the person I want to make decisions for. Right. Because we got to make decisions based on our highest self, because that's who we're going to become. Right. And so like, I'm in the shower and I'm like, I am this, I am this, but you know, like, like I'm going, I got the water flowing down. I'm dancing in there. And I'm like, if somebody saw this, they would think like I'm, I'm on some type of like crazy stuff. Right. But I'm doing it and it, and it, and it starts to formulate how I'm going to choose to make my decisions. And then there's other, one other thing that I do. And I talk about this in the book, I call it the, the hype up meeting. All right. Now the hype up meeting, this is one of those things where if you want to really gain your energy, if you want to pump yourself up, if you like, I need to get ready, or if you're down and you like need to get some, some boost, you got to do the, the, the hype up meeting. And that's basically where you, you close your doors. All right. You don't need anyone else seeing this. Trust me. You close your doors. You put your mirror right in front of you. You put your favorite music on blast and you just start pointing at yourself in the mirror. And you just talk about yourself as if you are the greatest human being ever. You start talking about yourself, whatever the goals that you're trying to achieve. Like if you're trying to have a great game, it's like I go for 20.7 assists, eight rebounds, and my team gets a W. My coach are happy. My performers play like we crushed this. Like I am the captain. You know what I'm saying? Like, like you get into it. And then I like play this music. I start dancing and I'm like, let loose. I let myself be free in that moment, right? Completely free because there's no worry. There's no judgment. There's no fear. There's no rejection. It's me, that mirror and my soundtrack. And we just go wild in there. And so that hype up meeting is just unbelievable. And and look, you'll feel weird doing it. Trust me, you will. But once you get comfortable, you can start to become one with yourself. And you're just like, let's go. And so like, I love the hype up meeting. I love the I am statements. I love stepping into that, that best version of yourself for sure. Oh, man. The cool thing about that is I know it's weird. To be honest with you, when you're teaching, you know, clients and, and even athletes about meditation and breathing and visualization where you have to shut your eyes and go inward seems kind of weird especially when you got to do it in front of a bunch of people like even if it's your best friend on your on your basketball team it's still kind of weird because you're shutting your eyes and you're being vulnerable but guess what what's inside of you is, is your thoughts and your emotions it's your frequency it's your system so it's yours like nobody can take that away unless you let it so when you own those things and you can do like that pump up uh, have that pump up meeting. I mean, do it for one or two, two three times. It's going to feel weird. You do it four or five, eight, ten times. It's going to be just what you do, and it's not weird because it's called. It's like repping it out. The more you rep it out, the more you feel comfortable with anything. So, I'm I'm with you on that, man. Like, the more we can get people pumped up, man. Not only is that you're elevating your your energy, man. You're elevating it. So, yep. man, it's awesome. I'm glad you you pointed that out. So. We can finally get into your book. Sorry, I segued there. And there's so much, every time I get with you, there's so much cool stuff to talk about. So these 39 people, how did you vet them? How did you go about getting them, you know, organized to do this? And how long did it take to, to interview 39 people? Great questions. Great questions. I'll tell you this. It was a process. Let me, let me put it out there right now, right? Like, like look, I could have just found 39 friends and called it a day. But I was like, let's let's go big. You know, we got to go bigger. We go home. And so I was like, who are some of the best people, some of the biggest names in the in a certain space? And kind of looked at that. And of the 39, 
they're almost half of them were completely cold DMs or cold emails. Just people that I had been following on social media that I resonated with, that I thought would like have a ton of value that would be able to answer questions in a unique perspective. I got people from all different perspectives, different backgrounds, different um, religions, different sex, sexual preferences, different um, political opinions. Like we got mm. every type of person because I wanted to show the world that, that it's all it, it could all be successful. It doesn't matter what you believe in or, or, or what, where you come from or all this stuff. So, so to find these people though, I, I had, I made a big list. I made a big list. I kind of broke it down by categories and I kind of said, okay, do I have anyone that I could connect with that could introduce me to them? Do I have my direct access to them? Do I need to get one person then to potentially get another person? Do I want to have some people that I will interview and then ask for random introductions and then make choices on who I want to bring in from there? So, so these 39 guests are people that were in my existing network, people that I met for the very first time and cold DM them, people that I had had relationships with, colleagues of, who then introduced me to. And there are people that I met literally 10 minutes before we pushed the record button because I was introduced to them. And the only criteria that I really had for them is that I had to believe that they wanted to do good in this world, that they genuinely believe in their mission, that they genuinely support people and, and want to make an impact. And that I believe that they had something of value to, to bring to this table because I don't want to waste anybody's time. You know, I know that if you go pick up this book, I'm not going to waste your time. I don't want you to read one page and be like, nah, that page wasn't good. No, no, no. Everything that we do is intentional. And so all 39 of the guests brought the heat. We have people that are, you know, professors at Stanford, BJ Fogg. He's a habit guy. He wrote the book, Tiny Habits. We have the governor of Nevada in the book. We have some of the biggest podcasters in the world. We have the, the former CEO of Liquid IV. We have all of these amazing people from different walks of life. And, and it, it's just that that was my process, man. And it, and it took a while and it was hard. And I had to connect dots. You know, there's somebody who, who we put in the book. His name is John Gordon. Are you familiar with John? Oh, yeah. I love his books. So, so John Gordon, I mean, this is a guy. I read his book, Training Camp, when I was a senior in high school. It was one of the first like self-help books I ever read. And I love this book. You know, I love this book. And for the last 10 years, I've been close to interacting with him, connecting with him. But now I have like so many friends that are close with him. And they made the intro for this book. And it was the first time we would have like a face-to-face -face convo. And it was like... That's what life's about, man. Let's connect the dots. Let's put some smiles on faces and let's, let's see where we can go with this. So it was a hell of a process, but we had some amazing people in the book and um, you know, the way it turned out, man, it's, it's special. There's some good advice in there, some good stories, and uh, it's going to help a lot of people. I love it, man. I love it. One of my favorite books that he wrote, actually, it's, it's either the one word or the power of one word. Cause I, I use that in when I work with athletes yep. to get them to understand what the wrong word is. But so you, so obviously that was very impactful, like with him. And I'm sure there's tons of other people that um, that was impactful for you, but also for the overall book. But was there a, a is there a story in the book or a person um, or a chapter that just like I know the whole book makes you all fired up. But what when you walk away from that book, what's that 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 story, that person or that that chapter that really just uh, lights you up? And there's a couple that come to mind and I'm, I'm going to paraphrase it because I don't want to spoil the story, but there's, there's one guest in the, in the book and she talks about, she tells this whole story about how she began her speaking career and, and, and how she went to the, the first speech was not with the right per se audience. 
um, and, and how she felt after, and then like how she evolved and continued to grow. And it was basically the lesson of like, don't go where you're tolerated, go where you're celebrated. And that was like, when, when, when I was listening to the interview and I was, I heard the story and then, and then she, she drops that line. I was like, fire me up because we live life so much of just like being okay. Mm. Don't just be around people that tolerate you because you think you need to be in that circle because you, you think it's a circle you want to be in. You need to go where you're celebrated, you know, because when you're celebrated, you get better energy. When you're celebrated, you feel better. When you're celebrated, you perform at higher levels. So, so that was one story. And like, it's a really great story in the book. Um, her name is Allison and it's, it's an awesome, awesome story. And then there's, I mean, there's so many more, but there's, there's another story that um, his name's Ben Newman and he works with Kansas state. He works with Alabama football. He works with all these amazing programs. And he, and he talks about the burn. He talks about the burn and, and asking yourself. And he's like this, this tough dude that tells you exactly how it is. And he talks about when you finish the day and you look in the mirror and you ask yourself, did I do everything that I possibly could to be the best or to win today? Do you lie to yourself or do you give yourself an honest answer? And when he says that, you're just like, shoot, <laughs> like, do I give my best every day? And oftentimes the answer isn't yes. But the question that he says then is why? Why didn't you give your best? What got in your way? And so, so when he talks about this and he, and he tells a story of how this came to be and he talks about his mom, like that story was, was really, really incredible to, to hear him talk about. And then there's just, you know, again, so many other great stories in there. Um, and then there's one other piece of advice that, that I really love. And it's by this guy, Pat Flynn. And he heard, and, and Pat Flynn's an incredible podcaster. He's actually one of the first podcasters that I ever listened to. And he talks about um, Gary Vaynerchuk. So it's like, a, it's like metal. Like he's quoting another guy, but it's, it's amazing. And he, and he talks about this idea that you're going to die. <laughs> All right. Like you're going to die. And sometimes, you know, we view death as like the worst thing ever because that's the end. You know what I'm saying? Like it's the end of, of this life per se. And we don't even go into spiritual beliefs or anything, but like that's the end of, of this experience. That being said, why do we not spend our life to live? We spend our life in fear of dying. We don't spend our life truly living. And so, so, so he talks about this story and he shares this lessons. I'm like, yes, like this is what we need more of because we need to live more. We get one game of life. Okay. You got to become the champion of that life. And so, so all these stories are so great. And there's different entrepreneurial stories, life stories, you know, overcoming adversity. We talk a lot about how do you overcome the internal, internal doubts and the external adversity on your journey. We talk about all these different things. And so there's some really, really powerful stuff in there. You know, you just brought something up and I want to share this with, with all my listeners and also your followers. But Alan Watt, um, you know, who's I don't know. He's one of the, I think one of the greatest um, spiritual leaders out there. Uh, he, I remember listening to a talk over music and he was talking about life and death. And he goes, people say all the time, life is short. And he goes, the reason why you say life is short is because you're so focused, like you said, the end date, the finish line, but you're so focused on the future. So he goes, let me just tell you something. Life is not short. It's actually really long. When you think about, like, especially you and I in our generation, we're going to live in our 80s and 90s and, and, and longer. And he goes, so when you think about 80 years, 90 years, let's throw it out there. That's a long time. He goes, you want more time on this earth than being the present. 
If you want to be per- perfect at something, be perfect in the present. Like master that. You'll have all the time in the world, right? And then you'll start seeing life differently. Time, time has expanded for me exponentially mm. the more present I become. And this has been one of probably the greatest lessons I, c- I can be learning at this stage of my life. And that I've been working on really hard because I am the future oriented guy, the ambitious guy, the go, 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 the let's cross off these things off the checklist. Right. Right. But I have become exponentially more excited about life and more present. The minute I start focusing on the now, when I do gratitude, when I go on walks, when I take a second to be like, holy crap, this is my life. When I take a second to say, I'm 28, this is all I got for today. Like, let's go. When I get to choose what activity I do, right? If I choose to go out with dinner with some people, that's the choice I made. I got to live that choice to the fullest, right? So I think it all, it all comes back to this freedom, this choice, this presence, this ability to perform. And so I think what you're saying here is really great, but I, I think being present is so, so, so critical to, to achieving uh, success and winning the game of life for sure. Hundred percent, hundred percent. I know that you're an avid book reader, so you read a lot of books. Obviously, writing books, and I know when you're done with the book, it just moves you, right? There's a lot of things that can happen internally and externally for you. You get motivated, you're inspired, feel refreshed, recharged. I can keep on going. So we've all been there with that book, right? So when someone is done with this book. What's, what's the, the, the ultimate goal? What, what do you want the reader to, to feel, do? Like, what's that experience you want them to take um, or have when they're done reading your book? I want this feeling to happen, not even at the end. I want it to happen during. Where I want you to be reading something and I want you to be like, holy shit. I want you to be like, okay, yep, yep, I needed that. I needed that, right? And then at the end of the book, I want you to make a decision that you're going to take action on something someone suggested or something someone said or something that you've been waiting to try, but you've been too scared because of what could go wrong. And I want you to tell yourself that you are an elevated entrepreneur, that you are an elevated performer, that you are an elevated athlete, because this book will fire you up. It will give you different perspective. And there's something in there for everybody. So I want you to feel inspired. I want you to have holy shit moments. And I want you to say, yes, I'm going for it. I'm calling my shot and I'm going big. Love it. I love it. So you've written these three books. This, the last book seems like it's incredible. Um, what do you think you learned the most about yourself when you're done with the, this book? This is hard. <laughs> this is, this is hard, man. Damn. Um, no, no, no. The, you, you learn a lot and you, you learn a lot about like for me with this book in particular, I've learned a lot about consistency. I've learned a lot about discipline, but I think the most important thing that I've learned about is that there are always going to be things that are out of your control. You have to focus on what you can control because with this book, there's other people involved. There's stories to tell. There's permission I need. I have to only focus on what I can control because if I get so worried about trying to please everybody at all times, I'm going to become overwhelmed. I'm going to become anxious and I'm not going to be able to perform. The thing that I've really learned for me is to like control what I can control, give my best effort, show up every single day, and then keep showing up even when things don't go right. Or when someone says no, or they back out of the book, or when someone says we need to rewrite this. 
focus on those things. And, I, and, you know, I think there's so much more that I've learned from this book, from the actual content, but like from the process of doing it, those are some of the big lessons that, that, that I'll take away with. And I can already see myself using them in my, in other aspects of my life, which is, I think, really cool. Beautiful. Beautiful. Well, how can, how can my listeners uh, buy the book, follow you on social media? And, and when is the exact launch date of the book? So the best way to get the book is the elevatedentrepreneur.co. That's the website for it. And you can buy it on Amazon or online, but like I would buy it on that website because we've made the book free. We made the book free for anybody to get. All you got to do is cover the shipping. So it's way cheaper than getting it anywhere else. But it's also our way of saying, this is how we're elevating the world. We're giving everyone access to it for free. Just cover the shipping, which is $9.95 or something like that. Um, because we want to get this book in as many people's hands uh, in the United States and across the globe. Uh, you can follow me on social media at Jake Kelfer. I also will have the link there. And the books come out October 18th, 2021. We're rocking and rolling, baby. Let's elevate. Come on now. I love it, man. As always, man, uh, your energy is, is much appreciated. And thanks for sharing your, your book, your energy, your love, your passion for all this. Um, man, it's, uh, it's been an honor to have you on the show again, man. Grant, it's been a pleasure, man. Every conversation we have is a good one. I hope the listeners really get a really get a kick out of this one and, and start elevating in their own way. I know they will. Right on, man. Thanks, man. Thanks, man.